Hi, I'm Gabe. And I'm Kat. And we're the, the ghouls, ghouls next, next door. door. Guess what we're talking about? What? What do you say? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about ecological apocalypses. Apocalypsi. Yeah. It's spooky. As, as you know, we do sometimes. I need it. Remember that? Yeah. Remember that SpongeBob episode? I do. And he didn't drink. He needed the water, but he was pretending he didn't need it. But he does. That's like us and the planet. Yeah. We keep pretending like we don't need it, but we need it. Sure do. There's no planet B. <laughs> so I saw a, me- a meme. I think yes. they're called memes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I Nick, correct. And I think maybe you shared it or Travis shared it. And it was, it said something. It said. This is good. That this is maybe good Mars had water on it. Oh, yeah. And... We like destroyed it by like being all doing? crazy humany, and then essentially we ruined that planet. So they sent a pod with Adam and Eve in it to Earth, and then it had the FBI and it said, "Hey, delete that. <laughs> yeah, delete that right now." It also said that the the pod was the meteor that destroyed the dinosaurs. Yep, yep, yep. That's fun. I mean, who sounds, knows? I'm not ruling right anything to out. Me. I'm not ruling anything out with this. That sounds like the just right amount of conspiracy theory that like I can follow. <laughs> I'm like, that's some Battlestar Galactica stuff right there. I'm for it. It's really that's probably what happened. That that's true. Battlestar Galactica had that whole plot where they needed the new world. Yeah, and it was like they had already done this before. Yeah. Kind of thing. Oh, yeah, that was true. Yeah. I never watched the last episode because I don't like to accept that things end. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I heard I it was good, seen the ending but either. it had something to do with that. That was like the theme. So this has all happened before. Yeah. As There's another thing, meme I want to bring up that's climate change Tell related because climate change is popular. Um, where, it's the, <laughs> where it's the lady who's yelling Trippy. at the cat. With the salad, you know, the cat, and he's got his ears down. He's just like, (laughs) (laughs) so it's like the lady yelling at the cat. And so the lady who's yelling, it says, People arguing over the little mermaid's race. And then the cat is saying, Me trying to steer the conversation back to our climate crisis. Yeah, this is by Climate Change, which is the name of the the Instagram user. And then the caption says, the thing is, Karen, we're all going to be under the sea soon if you don't get your priorities straight. <laughs> and that's true. That's pretty good. And that's what this episode is about. Yeah. <laughs> we're all going to be under the sea or we're going to end up in Mad Max or we're going to, it's either the two, it's the two men that I get mixed up. It's either going to be Mel Gibson in Mad Max or it's going to be Day After Tomorrow with Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, it just seems like we've got very accustomed to a certain kind of lifestyle and Mm -hmm. selfishly and naively don't know how to, what is it called, Uh, self-regulate ourselves. Uh, We're very greedy and want comfortableness over like what everyone in the entire planet needs to continue to survive for more than the next 20 years. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah. This like, one at is... least in France, they turn off the wall. Like I remember we had foreign exchange students when I was in middle school and they told us that they turned their water off mid shower and do the soap time and mm-hmm. then put it back on 
to conserve water. And I just remember being like baffled by that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, because that's what we should be doing. Yeah, there's entire <laughs> that's what you need to do. like countries in South America that are green, are entirely green run. Like they get all their energy from like better <laughs> better energy sources than yeah. say coal. So yeah, we are definitely damaging the earth. And that's like this one is like like nuclear was more prominent before and viral is always eminent, but ecological is one that we're like really facing down. Super real. It's happening. And that's what makes it most scary. Yeah. It wins most scary. It wins most scary. Because we'll it's see. like the it's it's scary in such like a practical way. Yeah. Well, because it, it's like with nuclear, it's like, okay, this could happen. With viral, it's like, it could happen, right? This is Ecological happening. is like, yeah, it's happening. It's happening. It's, happening. Right it's so. We are in it. We've already made it happen. Like, yeah. we literally have to, like, change our things tomorrow so that we don't lose, like, decades of time. Real, no, we're not gonna. No. Not in America. No. Like, no. we're just, no. It's not. And it's terrible. Yeah. That's what it is. Like, ah. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm one person. I can't change it all. Yeah. But let's let's end the pessimism and get into some to more fun. pessimism. Yeah, like, let's yeah. tell you why it's a Aww. why it's an apocalypse. Come 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 with us on a world of pure imagination, except it's real. All right, Kat, are you ready to to be educated? Educated words to my face. <laughs> are you ready to hear the story? Whisper sweet nothings of apocalyptic upset times. <laughs> you got it. That's what we're here for. Horror. <laughs> That's what you tuned in for. So uh, what I want to talk about today is what I found I discovered in the in my journey to figure out what the heck to talk about today, which was uh, this genre called cli-fi. Which I just love. Isn't that wonderful? So let me, okay, let me explain. So one, <laughs> so film has, horror film specifically, has been our conduit for express, expressing the very real and terrifying horrors around us. And we yeah. tell this all the time, right? Um, and we, and in film, especially horror films, they sometimes make sometimes absurd films but they show the real life horrors yeah. and we get to like kind of live vicariously through the characters on screen. Um, and it, it kind of helps us see what if scenarios being played out for us yeah. as an audience without having to actually have it be happening to us. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, so <Follow> it. <laughs> yeah. So with the, this genre cli-fi, right. It not only like has us simulate a possible future, like a dystopian future or a dystopian present, honestly. Um, it also is there and has been proven to more or less kind of inspire change as well. Yeah. Because it's something that seems so real because it is. Even when <laughs> even when the premise is absurd, people still are getting something out of it, which is yeah, kind of cool. Even, yeah, even if it's, like, super radical, it's, yeah. you know, it's real. Yeah. Ultimately, like, the <laughs> message is real. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, the genre cli-fi is short for what is called climate fiction. So, like, yeah. sci-fi, but for 
climates. Uh, it's an, it's, so it's a, Both emerging, are science. Yeah, it's an emerging subgenre of science fiction focused on climate fiction novels, movies, and television, usually focusing on climate disaster movies and dystopian climate-based movies, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, right? Like Wally. Like Wally, exactly. Uh, the term was first coined by Dan Bloom, a Taiwan-based blogger in 2007, and he used it to market an ebook called Polar City Red, a dystopian story about Alaskan climate refugees. It wow. didn't go as well as you'd hope, but the name he made stuck. <laughs> and that's, that's now a thing. This is such a cool concept, though. Like, mm-hmm. you wrote a thing, and then, like, that defines an this entire... Google search. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it helps cool. us refine yeah. our search. Absolutely. So the the thing about sci-fi usually is that it takes place in a dystopian future. Like mm-hmm. it's like, what happens if X, Y, and Z now we live in this crazy future? Whereas sci-fi tends to happen in a dystopian present. It's mm-hmm. like it brings us right into it. Yeah. And even like when it's like future in quotations, it's like the near future. It's never like 3,000 years from now. It's like in 20 years, we're screwed. I guess that's that's like, that's the reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like it's, people aren't freaking out and they should be. So it's just being like, hey, guys, it's been, what are you, what are you doing? It's here. It's It's happening. It's happening. So in, so what I want to kick it off with, with what I consider the first, one of the first cli-fi films or the one that inspired a lot of things. We're going to talk about it in our film section, uh, is the 1973 movie Soylent Green. I'm sure you guys have heard the name, but probably haven't watched the film. Most people haven't. But it's one of the more popular films to have climate change as a major element of the plot, Um, as well as uh, overpopulation, the commodification of women, um, the toxicity of capitalism. Like, there's a lot of topics that they take over in that, given that it's, like, kind of a short film and how much it's going over um it felt very long it was short it felt i thought it was short okay. i felt like yeah. it was short um <laughs> but it so soiling green was kind of like the start of a slew of cli-fi films that were there to warn us of the inevitable climate collapse right so the growth of the environmental movement of the 70s was accompanied by eco disaster films from films called grass uh and frogs to prophecy and even godzilla versus the smog monster Right. Those all sound great. Yeah. <laughs> They're great. Um I watch a movie called Grass. Yeah. Well, there's also like um No Blade of Grass is one of them. There's like a bunch that were during that time in the seventies where people were like, wait a second, we're doing bad stuff and now we're in two thousand nineteen and we're still doing bad stuff. Right. But these films are there just like the nuclear films were um, as like to serve as a reminder of like what are we doing? We're on the path to destruction right now. Um so <laughs> There's also, um, so unlike Soylent Green, which depicted a big global warming scene, The Day After Tomorrow, which we're also going to cover, reminds us that climate change is a two-way street. It shows us a world that becomes a snow globe, right? So when we hurt our environment, it will inevitably hurt us back in an attempt to adapt. So um, according to researchers Chris Mooney and Cheryl Kirschenbaum, one study suggested <laughs> one study suggested those who had seen the day after tomorrow were significantly more worried about global warming than those who had not, and were more significantly convinced that global warming could trigger specific weather and climactic impacts. I know that that's was its effect on me. 
Yeah. Like you, you all of a sudden you were like, wait, <laughs> like they're, they're doing a bunch of science garble, but it feels like, who am I to say that's not real? Yeah. I mean, I had weather drill. Yeah. Things when I was a kid. Cause I had just weird anxiety. And yeah. that was my nightmare was that movie. I was just like, that's. Yeah. This is everything I've trained for, Mom. You're ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely... So it is absurd. It's an absurd movie. We'll talk about how crazy it is. Yeah. But there, it, it does have this lasting influence, right? Even in its absurdity, there's some grain of truth, right? So Michael Molitor, the primary science consultant for The Day After Tomorrow, had predicted this film could do more in helping us move in the right direction than all the scientific work in all the U.S. congressional testimonies put together. Nothing I have done in the 23 years of my climate change career may have a greater impact than this film. And wow. in an environment article report, it says the film led moviegoers to have higher levels of concern and worry about global warming, to estimate various impacts on the United States as more likely, and to shift their conceptual understanding of the climate system toward a threshold or tipping point model. So it put things into perspective of like, we are affecting our environment, right? Yeah. So <laughs> this is like what we've been preaching this whole time with our podcast is that media can do something right and yeah. this is like a direct cause like it does inspire um and in a way that like something like inconvenient truth inspired people yeah. right but day after tomorrow inspired more because <laughs> well, it, it was a more I it was guess, a blockbuster yeah. yeah audience witnessing it um, in 2017, we got the cinematic drama Geostorm, which also takes place in 2022, which is when Soylent Green takes place. Um, its receptions by critics were somewhat lukewarm, but some seem to think it provides an interesting, not too distant future with climate change at the wheel driving the world's um, weather awry. So it's, it's similar to that, but it was a little more modern. Yes. Than day after tomorrow. Um, in reality, climate change is more slow moving and complicated. Unlike the events in these Hollywood hits, a single natural disaster can't wipe out the entire planet. Um, it is advancing and becoming very worrisome, though. So it's, yeah, it's I mean, not as dramatic, but it is happening. Um, we've been on this planet for hundreds of thousands of years, yet half of our carbon footprint has manifested in the last three decades alone. Yeah. So like, because, and that's because of technology, like it, it grows exponentially. And now that's where we are. So in media, we tend to be attracted to the end of the world films out of our own masochistic needs to be both reprimanded and afraid. <laughs> right. So it's like a weird mix of like human insecurity and arrogance. We are always waiting for the next big bad because we feel like we deserve that. Right. So by watching horror apocalypse scenarios, we can live through the inevitable, see the damage we are causing but unlike the heroes of these films, we get to go home to our um, not yet nearly uninhabitable, like, oasis, right? Yeah. Um, however, we want to be confronted by these feel fears and to be scolded for our crimes against our environment without actually suffering for it. And that's why we have TV and film. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, when Margaret Atwood, who is the author of the ecological dystopia Apocalypse Orcs and Crake trilogy, and she's also the writer of Handmaid's Tale, yeah. um, she suggests that cli-fi novels and movies could be a useful way of educating young people about the dangers that face them. And she helps set the stage of what for what might come next. 
She also wonders, though, if Cli-Fi um, could end up being co-opted by the entertainment industry and become just another part of our culture of distraction and cute cat videos, right? Because oh, it's still yeah, funny. So it's like, it's inspiring, yes, but there's a level to it that is still, like, a distraction. Like, yeah. making those films is still bad for the environment to a degree, too, you know? Yeah. Like, we can still turn it off and then drink our straws. <laughs> like drink from our straws, right? Yeah. Um, but there's a, a multitude of Cli-Fi films, right? So there's films like Waterworld, Mad Max, even Wally are all cautionary tales, warnings, um, essentially for us to take messages like inconvenient truth or life after people more seriously. Yeah. Right. So it's just like if we can believe the narrative Wally, where it's just like we had to go off planet and then we become these big round people who don't use their muscles and <laughs> live in space. I would argue Wally is a somewhat horror for kids. It super is. Yeah. It's terrifying. Those people are terrifying. And even yeah. just like the desolation of everything, like and what happened to the captain and it's like a mystery. Yeah. And it's just with a cute robot <laughs> there. But it, it is. And it and it's that just like the reveal of that, you know, is kind of like when you're watching Planet of the Apes. And yes. you're like, oh, my God, this is us. We did this. Ugh, are <laughs> <Yep>. you kidding? <laughs> so it, it, it definitely does that. Um, and I think having cli-fi films and, like, science fiction films where we see this dystopia where we've ruined the environment, it kind of helps. Because we'll talk about it in film section, but there's some scenes in Silent Green that have stuck with me since the first time I watched it where I was like, wow, could you imagine if we, like, lived in a world where that, like, the concept of grass is crazy? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think honestly, just like as humans, we have this complex about ourselves that we will be the ones to destroy us because there is no predator yeah. that can eat us or destroy us other than other humans. Yeah. So like our whole thing is that we're so arrogant in ourselves that like the only thing that can destroy us is us. Yeah. And we're doing it. There's that whole quote from, I don't remember which president said it, but it was like the America won't destroy itself or nothing will destroy America. America can only destroy itself from within. So true. And it's just like, that's what people are. People think <laughs> we are invincible except for from other people. Yeah. When we have the apocalypses, the biggest threat is the other humans that are alive and still with you. Yeah. Like we will destroy <laughs> ourselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and with, I feel like what's interesting about the other scenarios that we're going to cover and we've covered is that there's like this human element to it, right? That makes it scary. Like with viral, it's like other people are scary because of that. Like nuclear, it's like other people are scary because they have control of the nukes, right? Uh -huh. Singularity is scary because it's like, what are people? What are robots? Whatever. But with this one, it's like, this is like literally like it's too late. <laughs> so yeah. it becomes where just the environment is scary. Yeah, and arguably it's like we're fighting something that we can't fight. Yeah. It is our planet. It's the thing in Avatar that you're supposed to take care of, mm -hmm. but we're the ones bulldozing trees. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And it's going to fight back the happening yeah. style, hopefully. Oh, my God. The <laughs> trees will come. Oh, will my God. Could you imagine? Us. That movie scared me so much. It was and I was just like, film. what if? I was like, how cute. <laughs> I was like, how cute, M. Night, that you made this climate change film. And it's, it's just, just like. It's so absurd. I love it so I, much. Yeah. And I feel like Cli-Fi has that really unique niche in that 
it seems so absurd. Yeah. But like at the same time. You want to believe, you kind of believe it. Yeah. And it's just like fun because of that. Yeah. Like, honestly, all of them are just really fun. Mm -hmm. Like scary, but fun. Yeah. You're just like, oh, this is such a time. Look at that. (laughs) Because it's real. All right. So I'm going to tell you why it's real. (laughs) Um, So in 1972, the book Limits to Growth was written. It asks the questions, what are the long-term effects of industrialization? industrialization and consumption on human destiny that's the things we ask ourselves <laughs> yeah what, are what we is doing? all the impact of all this awful stuff that we're doing yeah uh morality and then also just like 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 the planet yeah um at the long-term effects of industrial blah, 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 just kidding at M- mit using a computer program which is always fun known as world three researchers had a model for future scenarios so it basically predicted Economic and population growth will be on 2000, followed by an inevitable and uncontrollable collapse of industrial society sometime prior to 2100. That's not, I feel like that's not that far. That's not far at all. (laughs) That is just like the tail end of our lives. My babies. That is our children will be greatly impacted because that's their time. No. That's a hundred years. Like, yeah, yeah that's, that's, yeah. We will that's be dead. Years from now. But you know who won't be dead? Our kids. Yeah. You know who hopefully. also won't be dead? Our grandkids. Ugh. If they can if survive. We have, if we're allowed to have them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. What if it was Margaret Peterson Haddock's, like, the shadow children? Or no, Among the Hidden, where, like, you couldn't have three babies. So they, like, had this whole secret society of third children. It was wild. Yeah. That's our future. Because climate. Po- overpopulation. Yeah. So, so most likely this is caused by the combination of like just lots of people way too many people and then scarcity of food resources and energy or arguably i would say like quality food sources and energy Mm -hmm. because we're making a lot of food out of chemicals yeah but even still like we have to keep injecting animals with things in order to sustain the growth of them because naturally they wouldn't be able to keep up with the amount of population we have, which mm-hmm. is why Margaret Atwood's book, Orcs and Crake, you see that where we create like we, they create this like chicken monster, essentially, where it's just made of like it's just meat and yeah. it's just like a bunch of meat and it. But it's alive. It's gross. <laughs> so uh, that's fun. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, basically at the, our current rate of consumption, we only have 60 harvests left. I don't know a lot about farming, but that's a <laughs> that really seem like low a number. That's it's like around that's, the corner. That's Real 60. Like. That's not even, that's two numbers. It's not enough numbers, guys. <laughs> yeah. um, marine life is in a dramatic decline and Anar- Antarctica and the, has joined the North Pole in its whole melting situation. Yeah. So there's a lot of imp- implications of this. Basically... With the sea is the most important thing happening. It's rising because Mm -hmm. of all the melting ice caps and all that other stuff. So our shores are moving up. There's that whole joke that Philadelphia will be waterfront property soon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Which is honestly maybe not false. Yeah. With this like, you know, rapid increase of water levels. AOC has like a... The, from the future, Tales from the Future or whatever video where she's like, we lost Miami, but... Yeah, and like, Italy's sinking. Mm-hmm. Greece is sinking. Uh, California is on fire. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, so it's just like a lot of stuff's happening that it just seems like it's real far in the future and it's happening now. Mm-hmm. Um, so climate refugees are no longer a thing of fiction. Parts of Africa and the Middle East will become uninhabitable in the near future. And the World Bank has already advised a number of countries to revise their immigration policies because they will be hit by tsunamis of migrants. I thought it was tsunamis of real <laughs> tsunamis. But I are, also, I would argue that that's also a thing because when the ice falls into the ocean, mm-hmm, that is yeah. what creates we have more, tsunamis like, and large waves yeah. and devastation from the ocean mm-hmm. being like, hey. Plus what the off-putting of like temperatures is how we get hurricanes and tornadoes. And that's why we've in Philly have had like every week we have at least one tornado warning, which is nuts. I don't think that's and ever flash happened. flood warnings all yeah. the time. I've never seen like this three many times a week tornado warnings. I don't nuts. know if I've ever seen a tornado in real life. Like the fact that that's like almost uh, every other week occurrence is insane. Mm-hmm. You also have flesh eating bacteria in like the beaches of <laughs> yeah. East, like Eastern America, America. Yes. Northeastern beaches. The shore, if you will, is filled with flesh eating bacteria because we've made the ocean mad, guys. (laughs) You've angered it. It is a creature and it is mad and it is going to eat your flesh. Literally. So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to keep going. So, the globe, uh, there's evidence of climate change as followed by NASA. So maybe they should have stayed on the website of the president place. You know what I'm saying? The government website. Didn't they take NASA's Twitter away for a minute? (laughs) Wasn't that real? Not NASA, but they took some things away. They took climate change off of there. I'm pretty sure it's like you're not allowed to say it. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they it's not a very flourished website. Also, yes. for every one person on the planet, there's one metric ton of trash that's generated, <laughs> and less than 25% of that is recycled. Dope. So, and We're most of the time when job. we recycle, it doesn't like it doesn't actually work. Yeah, so. <laughs> and then those toxins leach into the groundwater, and if they're and in, escape into the air if they're incinerated. <laughs> yep. So it doesn't even go away all the way. Yep. It's just we're here. Um, so also with that, we have the global rise in temperature. The planet's average surface temperature has risen about 1.62 degrees Fahrenheit or 0.9 degrees Celsius since the late 19th century, a change driven largely by the increased carbon dioxide and other human made emissions. So, you know, been pumping all that smog into the The sky. The smog monster Godzilla needs to fight. (laughs) Um... Most of the warming has occurred in the last 35 years, with the five warmest years on record taking place since 2010. Not only was 2016 the warmest year on record, but eight of the 12 months that made up that year from January through September, with the exception of June, were the warmest on record for those respective months. That's nuts. That's like, yeah. just like around the corner. That just happened. Yeah, <laughs> it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, the oceans have been warming and absorbed most of the increased heat that we've been seeing with a top 700 meters or 2,300 feet, right? Mm-hmm. That's how you say numbers? Yeah. Of ocean showing warming of more than 0.4 degrees Fahrenheit since 1969. Nice. nice. <laughs> so rise of sea levels, which is something I already said, basically eight inches in the last century. Ugh. Super cool. Um, the rate in the last two decades is nearly double that of the century previously. Wow. Um, and it's accelerating slightly every year. Fun. Yeah. 
basically extreme events. Uh, the number of high temperature events in the United States has been increasing with the number of record low temperature and events decreasing. So like we're not seeing crazy cold anywhere. I'd say this winter was pretty chill. Yeah. <laughs> Comparatively yeah, to the winter prior. Super warm, yeah. Um, there were a lot of just really nice days, which yeah. I wasn't complaining about, but also yeah. <laughs> maybe I should have been complaining about a little bit more. Um, and the ocean is getting super acidic. Acidification of the ocean is taking place. So since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, the acidity of the surface ocean waters has increased by about 30%. So the increase is a result of humans emitting more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere and hence is being, you know, absorbed into the ocean. The ocean is like seeing the most Mm -hmm. impact of like all these changes and the amount of carbon dioxide absorbed by the upper layer of the ocean is increasing by about 2 million tons per year. Nice. It's a whole bunch. And more. There's there's actually on NASA's website, there's like 20 other categories of things that are proof Dope. to why our environment is dying. Awesome. Why the coral reefs being bleached are a problem. Like, I just think... And the entire island's full of trash. I just think that the fact that the ocean is eating us <laughs> is a very clear indicator that something bad is happening. But yeah. So, you know, meanwhile... Yes. <laughs> Here in the U.S., we are governed by those who prefer to erase the climate change data, mm-hmm. withdraw from the Paris Climate Accords, sell our natural reserves to the developers, and eliminate the Environmental Protection Agency. Fun. Uh, Clifon <laughs> allows us to escape this reality by pushing it all up in our face. But, you know, <laughs> it shows a world in which the effects have occurred and the world we know lives on, usually without us in it. Or we're eating each other. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Uh, And anyone less surviving would have to adopt and learn to respect nature or suffer the consequences. This is all to say our fears are not without merit. We're all going to (laughs) die. We're all there. The environment is in danger and these films and media are here to bring it to light. And the intensity in which we are destroying the only habitable place for us habitable you think we're going to mars guys we're not going to mars mars doesn't have things we need why would we and go it's there happening tomorrow yes yeah, at the very least so in 2100 when we're all dead cool i guess uh, we had a good kids problem. maybe we'll get smarter that'd be cool as a collective unit i doubt that watch two well we've watched i mean we've watched most of these like like i've seen Waterworld, i've seen mad max i've seen wally i've seen soylent green which we're gonna talk about i've seen gabe's seen more than me <laughs> i've seen wally you haven't seen Waterworld? nope it's so cr- they have gills mad the guy max. has gills mad max i watched the first 10 minutes and i just like really it could not lot. get on board with what was happening it, it was is- just so stressful i was like nah I'm going to turn this off. And then I did. And then I never went back. And I still kind of don't want to see it. Just because, like, it was just, like, the weird society was really stressful to me. Like, I just... No. Yeah. 
I can't get on board. I don't think it's cool. I wasn't, I was just scared. Yeah. But like not in the scared I like to be. Yeah. I was just like, no. Nah, it's very intense because it's just awful mm. people. And yeah. the thing is like, so I feel like, you know, so <laughs> I was telling Kat that I get Dennis Quaid and Mel Gibson mixed up because they were like in similar-ish movies at the time. They were always playing like a dad or something. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because it's like we have Mad Max, Waterworld, which is... Kevin Costner, and then we have The Day After Tomorrow, which is Dennis Quaid. Is that his name? Yep. Yeah. And it's all of those said, yep. <laughs> were there. <laughs> yeah. All of them kind of looks the same to me. It's just like white dad dealing with climate. See, so you can't get <laughs> mad at me when I'm like blonde lady <laughs> yeah. mixing those guys up. If you get mixed up with Dennis Quaid and Mel Gibson. Yeah. I don't understand it, but we're not going to talk about Mad Max or Waterworld. Although that was, I was very much tempted. It was definitely in our notes where I was like, should we watch Waterworld? But I it's just so watch crazy. Because I don't know what that is, but. It's I, a nightmare for you. The entire oh, world is water. Oh. And it's bad because like we oh, can't drink it because it's the ocean. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. The whole, like everyone's just living just on everywhere? boats. Is the sharks just everywhere? I don't know. There's even sharks. I don't think that's a part of it. People just drown. People just drown. Or they just don't swim. It's it's like Mad Max, but in the water. It's literally that. Pirate? Yeah, pretty much. Like like future pirates. And they have like cool fish. It's not Pirates of the Caribbean. So we didn't watch those for the sake of this this episode but definitely watch them and if you guys ever want to just talk about <laughs> Waterworld and mad max we'll do that i can't i don't think i can see either of those. you could definitely like just be devastated you could watch Waterworld. it's cute okay the girl is like well, a man it's it doesn't yeah. make any sense it's very silly but yeah, we well, did let's talk about the film <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we watched soy then green which is from 1973 um which I think it aged decently. Like, it's I pretty good. Like, that movie's really old. Like it was like oh, this is interesting. Yeah, and it's it's Charles Charles Heston. Charles Charles Heston. Charles Heston. No. No. Charlton Heston. I really hate it. Uh, Charlton. It just doesn't sound right together. I'm sorry. We didn't name him. him. He's just gone. I think. Sad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so sorry, people. If you know more about Charlton Hester, please tell us. Um, but Soylent Green. So here's what Soylent Green is about. <laughs> tell me. So in the world ravaged by the greenhouse effect and overpopulation, an NYPD detective investigates the murder of a big company CEO, and it's directed by Richard Fleischer. So what I think I is really funny Fleischer when you think anyway. about it is that it's he's an NY he's NYPD, but like that didn't look like New York. No. Both of these things take place in New not. York and like one is just like sad because you're seeing New York die essentially. And yeah. this one it's like it's already gone. Like it's so it doesn't it looks like it looks Arizona. Like, yeah. It looks nothing <laughs> like New York. It looks super weird. And like yeah. It just <laughs> I didn't even realize it was in New York and it probably said it a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the, the film's opening prologue, it states the year 2022, the oh. place, New York City, the population, 40 million. Is that what that is? Yep. Okay. <laughs> 40 million. That's a lot. I don't know how many people live in New York now. I'm going to do a Google, but why don't you tell people about it? Yeah. So it was a time. <laughs> it was... The whole thing was, like, there was this whole upper society that was still trying to live, like, the previous world. So they had electricity, and they had beef. Um, and But that was still, like, a commodity. 
And like strawberries were $300 a jar. Yeah. And the electricity was the guy had to ride the bike. So the old man would like ride a bike and it essentially powered the lights in their apartment. And it was absurd that they had an apartment that was essentially like one big room. Yeah, no, but the rich people had oh, the those things people, without yeah. it. So, yeah. like, there was, like, this upper ring of, like, capitalistic society that had a woman that was just a part of the house. Yeah, she came with the apartment. Which is... Ew. Yeah, and that's how ew. all the women were portrayed. Ew. Objects. Ew. Yeah, super ew. Yeah, so, like, I just don't want to live in that future, but also, um, it was, yeah, it was real cringy in that way, but, like... Realistically, if the world goes to crap, mm-hmm. that seems like where we're going. There's a one percent that are living in their lofts and are unawares. Well, the of rest of the us starve and around die. Us. Like, yeah. it's... Uh, by the yeah. way, there's eight million. A little. There's like eight point six million people in New York. So it's we have uh, just a handful of years to get to 40, 40 million. So. Who knows? Yes. Uh, have Math. some babies in there. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the film is like, essentially, this rich guy um, is murdered. Mm-hmm. And Charlton Heston's character, Thor, that's his name, is investigating it yep. as a police officer. And he's like, something is funny. Something weird is happening. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he, the guy told people to leave. Like, his security wasn't around, blah, blah, blah. And, like, accepted that he should die. Yeah. Like, he was like, nah, this needs to happen. Yeah. He was Kill like, me, he please. was honestly like an Amazon CEO. It was weird. And he, <laughs> they were, they killed him because they were like, the news is going to get out about what Soylent is, essentially. Yeah. And then, I feel like everyone knows the spoiler of Soylent Green, so I'm going to tell you. Soylent Green is people. Yeah. That's the whole, that's the big reveal. So when the overpopulated people die because they've killed all the animals and all green life and all that other stuff is that they mush up the people, the dead people, um, into food mm-hmm. that's green. Yeah. Cause there's no green left. So they make them green <laughs> and you eat that and it's humans. Well, You're yeah. eating humans. And it was like, it was color coded. Like they had like a soylent brown and soylent whatever. Um, a bunch of that. So yeah, it was like, and Soylent is supposed to be soybeans and something else. Lentils. It's supposed to mm. say, meet, represent Soylent, soy and lentils. But we have Soylent now, which I think is crazy. There's a an actual company that goes by Soylent. They saw that film and were like, you know what? That's where we're headed. I mean, we might as well get on top of this now. If they for one, like if for Halloween they do not come out with a very specific green, like it just dyed green, like they do their one chai version or their lot their vanilla version, and they just dye it green for Halloween. I don't know what they're doing. Like their their news team needs to get it together. I think they don't want to be branded as pe- like you're drinking. <sighs> they people. should definitely. Be branded as drinking people. I don't... I feel like no. It's I feel like no. It's... Is it though? Because what (laughs) if you think that it's true now? You know what's funny? There... I saw this post and it was that... um, It was like new... Uh, it was like, congratulations, uh, former cannibal vegans. There's now a vegan substitute where it's like artificial human meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, it's funny because yeah. I eat artificial meat. Eat- Listen, people, 
one little thing. If you have Meatless Monday, you are going to impact the environment a lot. If everyone had one day where they didn't eat meat, you literally help the environment. I have a bunch of days where I don't eat meat. Yeah, I'm thank so you. good to the world. You're Look so at me. Nice. Every day is my day to not eat meat. <laughs> Sometimes I don't eat all day and then I eat a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> that's okay. Well, You're that's a welcome, different conversation. <laughs> I think we need to talk about planet cat because that needs to get taken care it's of. It's called stress. <laughs> Um, another, so the one thing about this film that really gets me is one, the fact that they covet these things that we take for granted, right? So like when Mm -hmm. he finds the strawberries and he like gets, he literally gets a spoon of Mm -hmm. it and he gives it to his, his, the, the older man. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh my God, these would be like $500, but he just like strawberries, like real strawberries. And then when they have meat, it was like, oh my God, real meat. It was like this really drastic thing for mm-hmm. something that we're just like yeah of course yeah it's here yeah but on top of that was the scene where spoilers the old man goes to die because when you're after a certain age they you just are done mm-hmm. they don't need you anymore not like midsummer <laughs> hey spoilers ah, i'll take it out i'm sorry uh, um but they uh so they put you there, and what they do is they put you in a room, they play smooth jazz, if that's what you like, and they show you video footage of oh. the world before. Yeah, so just like deer in a field. Yeah. And he was like, Water. Whoa. Just existing. Just he was water's like, wow. there. And there was like fish in it. Yeah. And he was like, whoa. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like, this is what I said existed. And it was yeah. really emotional. Everyone's crying. Yeah. And then he goes and finds out that... We're eating people. Yeah. And Thor is like watching too. And he, and the old man's like, see, I told you that these things existed. Like, why are they living in a world where they don't even have like videos all the time? Like, it's crazy. Um, I feel like they just don't make want people, people more to be depressed. Sad. Yeah. yeah. Of like what they've lost. Yeah. Uh, fun fact I learned today that Miley Cyrus said she's not having children because she doesn't want them to live in a world where there's like not going to be any fish or anything. Like, it's bad for the environment, which is like cool, I guess. <laughs> But that's, that's just a where fun I fact, yeah. For a minute. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. So of one. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know. I can't say that. It's not only my choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we watched another movie as we do. We did. It's one of my favorites. Like, I didn't, I forgot it was my favorite for a minute. But, like, <laughs> I love that movie when I was younger. So we watched uh, The Day After Tomorrow from 2004. Um, and it's Jack Hall paleoclimatologist, which is so, not a made-up word, apparently, <laughs> must take a daring trek from Washington, D.C. to New York City to reach his son, trapped in the crosshairs of a sudden international storm which plunges the planet into a lo- new ice age. Yeah, instantly. The day after tomorrow is actually today yep. in that film. It's and not any yeah. time tomorrow. It's now. It's now. The day today. Yes. <laughs> the day after right now. So it's created by Robert Emmerich and... It's a fun time. Yeah. Like, so I remember really liking that film. And then, like, there was this thing where I was in college. And you're like, if you like The Day After Tomorrow, like, you think it's a deep and meaningful film, you're, like, dumb. And you're going to realize when you're older that it was really, really stupid. I was like, no, it's still fun. I was watching it. I was having a good time. And it's not that, like, it's stupid. But it's, like, there's also also things to learn from it. Like, it was just being a very overdramatic teenager about a very real situation. Yeah, and it was just like, I guess it was more so, it's like, if you think this is an eye-opening film, it's like, yes, it is, because you need to realize that this is real. Like, this is gonna, like, not in this way, but, but like, it's sort of happening 
Yeah. Now, like we're experiencing all these like impacts of climate change mm-hmm. and people are denying it and denying it and it's just mm-hmm. going to sneak up on us. Yesterday was July 1st and so now it's July 15th almost like and I'm just like that happened overnight. So like it's going to be 2100 <laughs> tomorrow and not the yeah. day after tomorrow. It's the day it's today. Years it's from now, here. It's not that far. And we're all going to die because we need to really get it together. It's like, maybe it's too late and you just kind of got to cope a little. Yeah. The thing, the, just I think not the, make it any more bad. Yeah. I think the catch in what we've learned from climate change films or just climate change studies is that like we were damaging the earth. Yeah. But the earth is going to live on. It's just going to not it's have just, us. yeah, just whether or not it's going to be habitable for us. But we forget that like literally the earth is at the perfect situation for us to be on it so like if any of those perfect situations are no longer there we don't exist we just die and it still goes Mm -hmm. life after people tokyo whatever what was it tokyo ghoul or not tokyo ghoul (laughs) tokyo jungle tokyo jungle which is a cool game. game on playstation yeah but yeah so apparently uh the Red Cross put up several stands at theaters in the U.S. featuring pamphlets with information on what to do to keep safe during tornadoes, floods, and blizzards for concerned people who had just viewed the movie, which yeah. is fun. Because I feel like, like, like ah. me was like in my like little drills that I would do. Uh-huh. So I like just watched like videos of tornadoes and stuff, and I was yeah. like, I'm ready. Yeah. And it's like cute that they did that too. They're like, this is what you need to do now. Yeah. Tornadoes are coming. Yeah. And it's like they are because we get because we get them every, every week. Other day. It makes me think of like the last of um, what was it? The what's that cute dinosaur movie with Land um, Before Time? Land Before Time. You it's know when the last movie. one was there and we knew that they were going to die from the meteor. Mm-hmm. It's like that's what climate change movies are. Mm-hmm. It's like we're the we're the last <laughs> the Land Before Time, and we're like we love these creatures. I love Ducky. I love all of them. And then it's like oh they're all dead. <laughs> So that's fun. Yeah. That's going to be us. <laughs> Some new species that has gained, like, intelligence and all this stuff is going to, like... The X-Files. They're going to make, uh, what's it called, like, culture mm. around this world that we've yeah, left behind. Yeah, study like, are these memes. ancient civilizations? Yeah. Primitive beings they are. <laughs> they found humor. They need air. With not a bunch of carbon they monoxide meat. in it. It's like that a horror story where it's just like the meat, they talk with their meat. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> um, apparently 20th Century Fox invited a group of scientists to preview this movie and to test their reactions to the science used in it. But none of the scientists were impressed with what they saw. But they did say that it was enjoyable nonsense they were like none of this is real this is all like a joke but also it's fun we're having a fun time at the absurdity of these events but also climate change is real did they they say paleoclimatologist was (laughs) a fun name did they say what (laughs) i i don't know if that's a real word but i would it leads me to believe that it's a person that studies past climate events yeah like the ice age i just think it's a really fun word (laughs) Maybe we'll have a new ice age and we'll all be saber tooth versions of things. Maybe we'll get giant sloths again. I'm just saying that would be fun. Wow. We can ride that's, them. I don't, no, we're not going to be here. That's true. You're we're so right. What if we dead. become saber tooth? What people? if we mutate? 
Um, so there was also a consultation by NASA scientists. Um, they were requested to do that um, before the filming of the movie, but NASA stated that the events in this movie were too ridiculous actually to occur and denied the request. <laughs> NASA sent a memo out to all of its employees stating that they were not allowed to comment on the likelihood of the events portrayed. And eventually they revoked that. They were like, it's whatever. You can say whatever you want. You're free people. But they were like, don't like approve or deny anything on it it's just it's not even worth our time yeah like don't scare people or like devalue it because like that the whole point of the film i think is to be a good time but also just like remind people like it might not happen like this but something's happening yeah and we had to make it fantastical so that it would count as a movie and not a documentary yeah (laughs) like a fiction movie instead of a documentary (laughs) yeah n-a-s-a yeah it's it's yeah it's a fun it's such a crazy film because it's like if you guys don't know what it is it was where uh the ice caps are melting and they discover that and it causes a bunch of um like natural storms and things like that there's like flooding because of the ocean uh is overflowing and rising Mm -hmm. and then it causes like a an entire so like essentially like our our world is warming right like Mm -hmm. we are doing that um but it's like there's an entire shift that usually takes hundreds of years happens literally overnight Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden now everything is frozen and so it's just not like the fun disney movie frozen yeah you're not building snowmen let it go yeah (laughs) you can't let it go because it's yeah it's tragic but it's like crazy but you get to see like new york essentially get destroyed and it's a it's it's a, a crazy story, but it's also about the people, right? Like you're mm-hmm. learning, and you, you have the dad who's the climbing paleo climatologist. Climbing <laughs> is what you just said. Yeah, the climatologist <laughs> would be more accurate. No, he's a paleo climatologist who goes and finds his son, and then there's like the his ex wife is a doctor, and it's like how do we make sure these people are so protected in a world where there's no ice everywhere, mm-hmm. um, and they're in a library and yeah. they burn. I forget who it was. Girl's allergic to penicillin and cuss herself and it's bad. Yeah. And then I learned how you like treat an infected wound through that movie yeah yeah there's some weird things but it's like it is really really silly and silly just like how 2012 was silly just like geostorm is silly um but it's still like if if you we need to make something silly like that in order for people to be like wait a second let me do some research because like if that draws people to google then like we're doing something yeah and that's what it did honestly for me. And it made me very aware that, like, medicines will be a big thing if yeah. any big catastrophic event happens. Where it's like, oh, I need a lot of stuff to survive. Yeah. All right, now I need to plan. You know, it's just good to have that in your brain. Yeah. They are yeah. good films. Watch all the, the cli-fi, because there's a lot of them, and they're all fun, and they range from all kinds of genres, I think, which is mm-hmm. fun. There's all right. So whatever. <laughs> I don't remember which one's positive, but all I'm saying is. So if it, if you don't like it, it's silent green as people. Yeah, because it just has to be in there. It's, it's government led cannibalism. Yeah, it's government sanctioned cannibalism. It is 
I mean, it's like, you know, whenever they're like, eat the rich. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> but instead, we're eating everybody. All I'm saying is, I get it. Remember the Donner Party? We covered that. I don't think we should eat people. But if we've destroyed all the other food, it's our fault. It doesn't, but it doesn't taste like people. Yeah. Right? So that's. I'm this, not. <laughs> we're you know, already advocating for cannibalism. We're already in a better place than. <laughs> but you have, you, po- <laughs> you have a population problem. I'm isolating. <laughs> that. Remember, so there was like a short story I read in high school that was essentially um, where it was, yeah, it was just like the way to fix the population problem was that we should just eat people or we should just eat, (sighs) we should eat poor children or something. It was crazy. Yeah, it was like absolutely absurd, but it was written like ironically to be like, you guys are, this is how absurd you guys are, that you would probably see this as a positive. Ah. Yeah, don't eat, don't eat children. I don't mean, ch- I mean the dead ones. Like in the movie. Yeah. Don't, you don't eat the ones that are alive. We're not doing uh, the, the, what is it, the perfect, where they hunt them, the hunt them, the people, the perfect game or something. Yeah. Where it's like the guy hunts the, the people. Yeah. We're not doing that. I'm not advocating for that kind of game. The most dangerous game. The most dangerous game, that's what it was. Which is like not... It's just da- the dangerous game. Most dangerous. It's the like most dangerous that. game. That's, I know, but I don't like the, the, the way that that's designed grammatically. It's anyway, okay. so, if you, so if, if you don't like it, it's, don't like it. <laughs> it's Soylent Green is people because yeah. it's cannibalism. Uh, um, I if, guess. <laughs> if you do like it, it's, do you want to build a snowman? You can't because in two seconds you will freeze to death. <laughs> yeah. You can't. No, you there's can't no let it go. Snowman. It's happening. Yeah. Get it the, together. The cold did bother you at this point. Get it so. together. So for Cli-Fi. About it. Yeah. I don't want to build that snowman, but <laughs> I want to watch Cli-Fi movies. Yeah. I like them. We should definitely watch more Cli-Fi. It's and just fun. I just it's just Wally. It just gets all my fears and it's just like, here, enjoy. It's They're all here together. Yeah, it's great. It's so fun. Uh, what about the films we watch? They're fun. I like them. I yeah. also want to freeze to death in Snowman Land. Yeah. Making the little snowman. I forget what his name is. Olaf. Olaf. Um, yeah. I teach children. I know too much about <laughs> movies that are children's movies. Yeah, I like I like Soylent Green. I think everyone should watch it once. Because it's, really it's just good. so yeah, important. Like it was fun. And it was like stressful. And it was, yeah. There were definitely a lot of things that were like shocking about it. Mm-hmm. But I like... I knew I was watching a horror movie, but like, you know, it's like, yeah, ah, whoa. Yeah. Well, like whoa. the commodification of women is such a weird, like, I totally forgot that the first round mm-hmm. and now I was watching it and I was like, wait a sec. She just said she is, she's just a, uh, a furniture. She's a part of the house. <laughs> she's oh my God. like, and then the guy like buys the apartment and he's like, you're mine now. And she's like, yep. Yeah. Yo. And they like slapped around all those women. Oh my God. It was absurd. I would super rather be dead. Yeah. It's. Yeah, and then there's also like because that's yeah. There was also like a bunch of people who were just like sleeping. Like the floor was just littered with people. Yeah, everywhere. It was nuts. So I definitely wouldn't want to be in the world of Soylent Green. Not just because we end up eating people, but because like it sucked. And the day after tomorrow also sucked because I just feel like Philadelphia would have been screwed. Because when they were going through, at one point when he like lost. They, like, got lost or something. He was like, where are we? And they're like, we're, like, 20 miles outside of Philly. And it was bad. 
It was a snow apocalypse mm-hmm. for sure. And I can't deal with the snow we have here as it is. And we're not, um, our buildings are shorter. Yeah. If the not water comes, for, yeah, flooding if the all. water comes, we're, we're under it. We don't get to stay alive. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I do want to give credit to um, NASA, uh, Cosgirl, which is like a, a website I found, and then also Barry Vacker with his book, The End of the Worlds Again, which was actually my professor at Temple oh, who cute. taught um, apocalypses in media. So yeah. I got a lot of information from that. You'll hear more stuff from him next week. Um, it was a really good class and it kind of inspired a little bit of this podcast to begin with so i want to shout out to him remember me i went to your class <laughs> look at look at me do stuff I'm i read about now. you again afterwards you should come on our i bought your book dude barry <laughs> yeah barry why aren't you on our podcast come on hang out yeah be cool be cool, be cool like the environment <laughs> oh my god yeah. i'm never laughing like that that again. was that crazy was really gross. yeah okay but yeah so this was uh the ecological apocalypse stay tuned we got two dope, more dope, dope, dope. well we've kind of got three more apocalypse to explore in this this endeavor so <laughs> remember yes. don't get married or have kids yeah don't have kids because because there's not enough resources for you and them and then we'll you eat they'll eat you because when you're you old die. and you have to die, and yep. no one's building stuff. So they'll eat you. you Soil green your kids, is you. It's the reverse. Soil green is your you. Your kids will eat you. Ah, <sighs> so full circle.